The Bible. It's the Word of God, sharper than any two-edged sword. This sacred book is living and active and contains all that's needed for life and godliness. Stay with American Family Radio for the next hour as we study God's Word and take your Bible questions. Welcome to Exploring the Word. Good afternoon and welcome to Exploring the Word on American Family Radio. I'm Jim Stanley in studio with Dr. Alex McFarlane and Brother Bert Harper. Good afternoon, guys. Good afternoon, brother. Amen. Good to be with you. Well, I'm glad you fellows are here. We have been talking about 12 indisputable truths over these past couple of weeks, and we are at truth number 10. If my math is correct. You are right. I've been checking them off, man. You know me and my list. I've got to have a list, and we're down to number 10. We are at number 10, and it's a good one. All of them have been. Let me be very clear about that. We started off, and I would encourage you, if you've missed any of these, to go back and listen to the podcast. It says, you are loved. You are not alone. You are known. You are important. This is still my favorite so far of the ones we've done. You are forgiven. Man, that... Mm. I got something to add to that. Do you? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Mm. <laughs> Amen. Amen. You are special. You have purpose. You are held. You are equipped. And now today we're going to talk about you are blessed. And guys, you know, I can't help but go to the Beatitudes when we think about being blessed and the reminder of, of the blessings and why those blessings are there. Now, there are other areas of our life that we are blessed in. I want to be real clear about that. And there are other scriptures that talk about how blessed we are. And we're going to cover some of those. But I could not help but think about the Beatitudes in this instance. And so in Matthew, the fifth chapter, picking up at verse 3, God blesses those who are poor and realize their need for him. For the kingdom of heaven is theirs. God blesses those who mourn, for they will be comforted. God blesses those who are humble, for they will inherit the whole earth. God blesses those who hunger and thirst for justice, for they will be satisfied. God blesses those who are merciful, for they will be shown mercy. God blesses those whose hearts are pure, for they will see God. God blesses those who work for peace for they will be called the children of God. And God blesses those who are persecuted for doing right, for the kingdom of God is theirs. Guys, especially after having just come through Thanksgiving and Christmas and now looking towards 2022, there are people that are hurting. There are people that are hungry. There are people that are hungry for justice and righteousness in addition to not just the physical hunger, but also for justice. And then we know there are those that are merciful. We see that worked out. But when we look through these and we talk about that you are blessed, you as a believer in the Lord are blessed, if some of these radiate in your life, then that's like an extra blessing. They are. Mm -hmm. These are given not in order for salvation, but what God does with us in our journey with him. Um, you know, I, I have to admit that, you know, uh, trying to be what this lays out for me, 
I, I would say is impossible apart from the blessing of God and His mm. Holy Spirit in our lives. Um, you, this is not a road to salvation, but this is the road. Let me. Uh, here's what I want to say. This is not the road to salvation, but it is the road of salvation. You catch what I'm saying? Oh, in yeah. other words, yeah, when, yeah. You, when you begin this journey, these blessings fall on you as you grow in right. the Lord and you— uh, uh, you know, you come and obtain some of this character of the character of God. Right. These become part of your journey. Well, and in no way to distract from the scripture, but as you're talking about walking the road of salvation, these would be some of the billboards that you should see, or some of the milestones that you should see as you as you walk through your Christian walk. It is mm-hmm. so true. Well, and, you know, I would call the the Beatitudes here in Matthew 5 um, kind of the dynamics of the life of a disciple, you know. Have you pondered on, and uh, I've got the old King James here, but verse 3, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Have you ever uh, studied on that, God? Poor in spirit. Now, what does that mean? I, I wondered if it meant, like, sad or depressed, but really it means like having no spiritual assets. You know, um, nothing in my hand I bring simply to the cross I cling. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I have no righteousness of my own. I, I was a guilty sinner, but I come to Christ. So poor in spirit, blessed are those that admit, you know, God, I really don't have anything worthwhile that you should love me. In fact, I'm a sinner. But here's the thing. You have no spiritual assets but you do have the kingdom of heaven yeah. if you come is, to Christ. That's where you start. Yeah. Uh, have you ever heard you got to get lost before you can get saved? I've heard people say that. Yeah, you've got to understand how spiritually bankrupt we are without Christ. You you said it in that song. We have nothing to bring to him that is worthy of anything. We bring ourselves. You remember the hymn that was sung at Every Billy Graham crusade that I ever heard uh, during the invitation on the television, just, just, as just as I am, here I come. And and this is who we are. We're spiritually bankrupt. And when the person realizes they're spiritually bankrupt, they're ready. They're ready for this journey. And, and God pours into them. Guess what you got to be before you can be filled Empty. Empty. empty, and yeah. we we are empty, and He pours into us. Um, the Amplified <clears throat> says that uh, blessed, spiritually prosperous, happy to be admired, are the poor in spirit. And then it says in brackets, those devoid of spiritual arrogance, those who regard themselves as in- insignificant, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven, both now <laughs> and forever. Think about that. You know, and we're not talking about false humility. We're not talking about, you know, man, I just, I don't know enough about God. I don't know enough about Scripture. We're not talking about that. We're talking about someone who has come basically to the end of themselves and are saying, you know what? I've got to have God. It, it, we have to be empty. What would you, you know, say indisputable truth was? Well, true at all times in all places and for the, all people. And the other is rea- ver- uh, reality. 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 The, see, that is mm-hmm. what you're saying, Jim, is this is the reality That's of right. where we are in him. 
Yeah. Brother, uh, it is so true. That's that's we have nothing to bring to him that would would bring us closer to him right. apart from just saying, "Here I am, Lord, use me." Uh I, isn't that what Isaiah said? "Here I am, Lord." Yeah. Right. Here I am. And and we don't have I, I, we've got to emphasize this that we we don't have any righteousness of our own. No. You know. I I mean Augustine said, even our best works are merely, quote, splendid sins. <laughs> mm. And, uh, hey, permission to get up on my soapbox requested. Just Absolutely. don't fall off, man. <laughs> okay. Um, you know, I, I'm kind of a purist. Uh, I don't like the hymns changed and rewritten. And I've been on the road in recent years traveling, preaching. I love it. Um, but I've heard people say, um, Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound that saved someone like me. Wretch. I know. And the word is wretch. Okay. Then I was in another place, and the song was, um, Alas, and did my Savior bleed, and did my Sovereign die. Would he devote that sacred head for someone such as I? That's not the word. Do you Sinner. Re- Sinner. Well, the original hymn says, for such a worm as I. Worm. That's, That's true. Right. I'm, you're right. I'm sorry. So um, a, a lady that hears the show call me. She said she was at her Sunday school, and they were in adult Sunday school, 25, 30 people there. And some they were talking about Amazing Grace that said um, that saved a wretch like me. And the teacher said, how many think that should be in there? And, like, nobody raised their hand. Finally, this lady who's one of our listeners, she said— um, I think it should say wretch, because apart from Jesus, we we are a wretch. And everybody kind of said, no, that's bad for your self-esteem. So it's going to hell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A- exactly. Um, um, the, the, oh, who wrote um, Amazing Grace? He was the— John Newton. John Newton, thank you very much. John Newton, you know, that song, look, folks— it, it might go against our therapy and our modern self-esteem teachings, but I want to tell you the wisest thing we could do, the most beneficial thing, let's admit, apart from a holy God, we are a wretch. Mm. In our sins and darkness and iniquity, we are a worm, you know. And so, uh, you know, poor in spirit, we, we've got to admit that apart from God, we are destitute. We, we really are. One of my best friends, Mike Brzezinski, uh, he was lived here in northeast Mississippi, and he'd go to this rural store, and they s- would sell earthworms in the back, you know, for fishing. To go fishing. Yeah. And uh, so anyway, he was witnessing to the man who worked there, may have been the owner, and uh, he was telling him about Jesus and what he had done for him, him being born and him dying on the cross. And he said, well, I'd do that if I knew I was going to be raised in three days. I don't, mm. I don't, I don't see the big deal. Mm. And that kind of caught Mike off guard. And he started reading in Psalm 22 where it says, I'm a worm and not a man. And he knew he'd sell those earthworms. So he came back and he said, you know, you was asking me the other day, let me give you this, this scenario. He said, you know those earthworms you got in the back? He said, yeah. He said, if you knew they were going to die from a disease— 
And the only way for you to save them was for you to become an earthworm and take the message to them and 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 be an earthworm for the rest of your life. Mm. Would you sacrifice your humanity to go to those earthworms and die for them? And he said, of course not. Nobody would do that. And he said, sir, when God left heaven and came to earth as a man, it was a greater difference between God and man than it is you and that earthworm. Mm. Now, you catch that. That is the sacrifice, Jesus. Yes, he was a sacrifice on the cross, but what he did at the incarnation, and he became flesh. We we don't think that much about it because that's who we are. Right. A worm wouldn't take so much for me to become a worm. That wouldn't be that much for the worm because that was his life. But for God to become flesh and dwell among us, what a sacrifice. So the sacrifice was not just on the cross. The sacrifice yeah. was him coming to earth. That's how blessed we are that God would save a worm or a wretch like me. And, you know, uh, perhaps another subject for another day, but the incarnation, how perfect deity put on perfect humanity. And we've often said this, Jesus was fully God, fully man, but not fallen man. Um, And it wasn't. But he had the potential to do so, or did he not? He was all points like us, tempted, so it was a temptation. I I still I love your statement, but I I think people, when they hear that statement, think, well, he didn't have, you know. He He was tempted. No, he was tempted in every point like we are. And we're going to put a pause in it right there. I think it's unexplainable. Uh, (laughs) Well, and that's not only because we have a break coming up. Oh, And I I want you guys to pick this up on the other side. Uh, Nothing wrong with the conversation. You're listening to Exploring the Word on American Family Radio. We are talking about 12 indisputable truths, and we'll continue with that conversation and more right here on American Family Radio. Welcome back to Exploring the Word on American Family Radio. What will I say when I'm held to the flame like I am right now? Man, you know, Bart Millard there with Mercy Me and the song, uh, that is just, that's one of those that you just think, could I say that? You know, as, as we read through the Beatitudes a few minutes ago, could I make those statements? Could I be that strong of a Christ follower to know that if everything else was emptied of me, that I would be secure in the knowledge that I had Christ? The easy answer, of course, is yes, especially for a spokesperson on Exploring the Word here on the American Family Radio Network. Good segue. But truthfully, you know, I mean, where where would we in that time of peril, you know, would we measure up? I certainly hope so. Well, some of these songs are, are prayers like I surrender all. Right. I surrender all to thee, my blessed Savior. I surrender all. Uh, it sure wouldn't sound good. I surrender some. So, <laughs> so what happens is these, for me to sing them, 
I have to make them prayers. Mm-hmm. Lord, I, I want to be willing. I want to mm-hmm. do that when the crisis comes. And because uh, the songs are awesome, they make you think, they cause you to worship, uh, you know. But is it what? enough if I were to sing, I surrender most? Ultimately, no, <laughs> only because we know the rest of that story and that we have to surrender all in order to gain all. Now, we were talking about being blessed and how God blesses different people and how different blessings come from God. And having just talked about that, would we endure? Would we, you know, if we were completely emptied, would we rely on Christ? Well, here's the reason for that setup like that. The song just was a, was a happy, by the way. But uh, in James 1.12, the scripture says, God blesses those who patiently endure testing and temptation. Afterward, they will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. Let me read that again. God blesses those who patiently endure testing and temptation. Afterward, they will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. Being patient. I mean, I'm okay at fishing. I like to fish. Uh, if you want to get me out on a creek bank, you're not going to endure my, you're not, you're not going to test my endurance by seeing if I'll wait out a fish or not. Now, I may change the bait more often than other folks do, but I'm happy to while away the time sitting there, casting, waiting, reeling. So I can be patient in that instance. But when things are going on, I want to get done. I want to get through it. I want to move on to the next phase. So I think that right there, you know, for me would be part of the problem. But it goes back to the question we posed earlier. Would you be able to endure? You know, when we talk about endurance, you're talking about, uh, I, I think it goes back to Isaiah when it says, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. And then it goes into what it sounds like a downward, but in honestly, it's upward. It says, they shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. Mm-hmm. In place of it being a digression, it's really a progression. Walking with the Lord biblically is the highest amount that you can get in discipleship. Can two walk together unless they be agreed? It's, for a moment, it's not that difficult to mount up with wings as eagles. I've done that on a Sunday morning in worship, and man, I go out, I'm ready, I'm pumped. I, You know, it doesn't get a lot, take a lot to get me excited, right, Jim. You right. know that. No, so I agree. I'm ready, I'm going. And then all of a sudden, I walk out those doors, and I have a flat tire of all things that That's has it. happened. And and then as I get it fixed and I go down the road, I find out my favorite restaurant called Cracker Barrel, excuse me, whatever that is, is so full, I'm going to have to wait there 30 minutes to get a table. Oh, man, what happens? And the reason I go through that is this. Walking with the Lord, it, it it's day by day, one step at a time. That is God's highest calling for us in 
fellowship with him, Mm -hmm. to be walking with him. And so what you were talking about, Mm -hmm. I believe that's exactly what you are desiring to develop. Lord, Abraham walked with God. Enoch walked with God. Some of the greatest men talk about, and what would Paul talk about a lot, Alex, walking with the Lord. And so that's our goal. Our goal is to walk with the blesser. That is the real blessing. Right. What he adds to us on the journey, that's just extra stuff. But walking with him and knowing him, that is the that is what it's all about. Amen. Well, you know, in um, Revelation chapter 3, the church at Philadelphia, there's an interesting fla- phrase. It says, um, I will keep thee from the hour of testing. And I don't want to spiritualize too much, but I think frequently in the Christian journey, we go through hours of testing. Mm-hmm. Now, the, the church at Philadelphia is commended. It says, because you have kept the word of my patience. That's an interesting phrase, isn't it? Uh, the way we get through testing is by the Word of God, and um, the, the, the Word of God uh, will keep us in the hour of testing. I've told this story many times, but uh, one of our first events that we ever did, we brought Coach Tom Landry to Greensboro and uh, had a big youth event, had a huge crowd come out to the— For those that don't know who Tom Landry was— and. We've got younger people. Who is Tom Landry, coach of the Dallas Cowboys? Um, Probably one of the greatest coaches and yeah, a godly iconic. man. Oh, I yeah. Just, um, go ahead. You along with several there. others. Yeah. yeah. But, I mean, you got to understand, 25 years ago, I mean, it was a big deal. We brought Coach Landry and his wife came to Greensboro from the Cowboys. So we, we had dinner, and uh, we were all, it was just myself and Mr. Lineberry, who had this funeral home, and two other guys. So Coach Landry and three of us had dinner, and, I mean, we were just— in awe, there's Tom Landry. And um, somebody just kind of awkwardly tried to start a conversation and said, Coach Landry, I guess you've seen a lot of men become great out there on that football field. Hmm. Just a innocuous little conversation starter. He said, well, a, an athlete doesn't become great in the, in the game. If an athlete is great, it's because of the preparation before the game. Amen. And we all were like, oh, wow. That was profound. Now, he went on, and we were talking, and uh, what a godly man he was. What is just an absolute gentleman. Coach Landry preached the gospel that night in the Greensboro Coliseum. But here's the point. You don't uh, win a victory in the heat of a battle. You win a victory by the preparation before the contest. Right. That was his point. And that's true how it is for life. Um, A quote attributed to John F. Kennedy, the time to repair the roof is while the sun is shining. Right. Friend, um, you are blessed. We are blessed. We started out in Matthew 5. A lot of ways we could be called blessed. But you can have the blessing of spiritual victory. You can have the blessing of self-control, which really begins with Holy Spirit control. But the time to prepare for your temptation— the time to prepare for your Gethsemane is is now before you're in the heat of the contest. And I would encourage you, and I'm, I'm talking to myself here, let God help you do some soul searching where you say, Lord, what are some areas of my life that I'm deficient? Um, and maybe it's how you, you know, control your, your emotions or you control your temper 
or just um, even things like your spending. You know, um, we often talk about John Wesley, who John Wesley, the people that he mentored, he really had them ask some very serious questions about how do I use my spare time? Am I disciplined in my prayer life? Whatever. Um, what what your areas of where you need to work on some things as a disciple, the Holy Spirit will remind you. But there is great blessing in really, really yielding your life to the Lord. Mm. And the time for victory is to prepare before you're in the moment of testing. Notice this Beatitudes, after you understand you're poor in spirit, what's next? You mourn over that condition. Right. You know, in other words, this we're talking about endurance, Jim, that you were talking about. I said you do it by waiting on the Lord and you walk with him. This is the walk, the poor in spirit. Yes, I am spiritually deficient. I don't have it. I cannot offer it. And I mourn on that. But what does he do? He come and comforts us. Now, who is the comforter? The Holy Spirit Amen. of God. As you take this walk, this journey of faith, and as you said, Alex, a discipleship, it is the Holy Spirit that is in us, that is energizing us. And so this is a journey that we start, and we are blessed. Beyond, that's what it says, we are blessed. We're blessed to have the Holy Spirit of God in us. Jesus said, I go, I'm going to go away, but I'm not going to leave you as orphans. Right. I'm going to send the comforter, the paraclete, and he's going to be inside of you. I use this quite a bit. Uh I was. I would like to have been a great basketball player. I was not, and uh, I enjoyed it. And I could, you know, I could try, and I tried as hard, but I, I didn't have all the skills. Now I could have been mentored by Michael Jordan, uh, Larry Bird, all the great, great athletes that I know in basketball. I may have improved a little, but I would have never been what they were. But if some you know, obscure way, one of those guys could transplant themselves into the body of Burt Harper. Oh, wow, look what Burt Harper could do. Now, here's here's what I'm drawing in. Yes, those guys that walked with Jesus were blessed. They had Jesus by them. They right. watched Jesus. But we, in 2021, about to be 2022, we have God in us. Right. Now, Jesus was Emmanuel, which is what? God, God us. with us, but the Holy Spirit is God in us. Yeah. So in this walk, we're comforted by the comforter who is in us as we journey. We are blessed, guys. You know, as, as we were looking through the Beatitudes, uh, it, the next two reminded me of Psalm, uh, Psalm 1, in fact. And uh, it says, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does, he shall prosper. How do we get there? You know, we've, we've said before that we are... We don't believe in a name it claim it religion, and we're not we're not looking to to you know dis, disparage anybody that believes that way. We just think that 
you know, that's, it's not, you're not going to lose your salvation because of it. If you believe in Jesus, uh, the son of the living God, and you've confessed your sins to him. So it's not one of those things we break fellowship over, but it is one of those things that we need to be tweaked, you know, needs to be tweaked a little bit. And the reason I say that is because right here, this is not a name it, claim it psalm. It says you have to do something. You walk not in the counsel of the ungodly. You don't stand in the path of the sinner. You don't sit in the seat of the scornful. You do delight in the law of the Lord. You do meditate day and night. Then, you see where we're going here? Yes. He shall be like a river planted by the rivers of water. Oh, pardon me. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. Why? Because he's doing the things that please God. He, he's completely yielded his life to a path that's pleasing to the Lord. And delighting in the law of the Lord. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hey, you know what Jesus, I mean, Adrian Rogers said about this, about this psalm. I can see how those two are easily Well, I, I, I thought, oh, bad, be careful. <laughs> and, and why I don't name it and claim it, God's more interested in my character than he is my comfort. Well, And if you're not careful, name it and claim it has all to do with my comfort. Uh, pain is an instrument of God for you know, certain things. The psalmist said, before I was afflicted, I went astray. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That affliction in my life has purpose. And we've talked about that. You have purpose. Things that God permits into our lives, guys, has purpose. And it's like a giant seethe that God has, and he lets certain things through. There's no telling what he detracts and takes away that could have befallen us. But he's interested in your character. He's interested in my character. And we are blessed by the difficulties and we're blessed by the afflictions. Count it all joy when you come into these difficulties and these temptations. And so, listen, yes, we walk with the Lord and we hunger and thirst after righteousness. Isn't it interesting that he put the two basic desires in our lives as for righteousness, hunger mm. and thirst? What, you can't live long without food and you can't live long without water. You got to have them, don't you? Amen. Very few people today probably hunger and thirst after righteousness. No, because we're too busy. This is going to sound horrible, but we're too busy in trying to pursue the things that we want for ourselves when we want them, how we want them, and how often we want them. That's now, no conviction, Jim. Is that is that what? Okay. <laughs> oh me. Well, we'll talk about that and more as exploring the word continues here on American Family Radio. Word of God speak. Welcome back. You're listening to Exploring the Word on American Family Radio. I'm finding myself in the midst of you beyond the music beyond the Hi, I'm Jim Stanley in studio with Dr. Alex McFarlane and Brother Bert Harper. And today we have been talking about the, one of the 12 indisputable truths. And today we're talking about you are blessed. 
And so we get this, and again, we're using the Hope and Encouragement Bible as a resource for this. Our friends from Tyndall House gave us some, and we're going to give those away. You can simply send me an email to word at AFR.net, word at AFR.net. Each day on our uh, Facebook site, we're going to have a link for you so you can find out more about that Bible and also the podcast for the day. And if you've missed any of these, I would encourage you to go back and listen to them because I think that these guys have done a really good job with them. And again, the one that I, if you only listen to one, if you only tell your friends to listen to one, if you only share one on your Facebook page, make it the one that talks about you are forgiven. I think for this time and age and day that we live in, as we're looking towards the new year, as we're thinking of all the failures from the past year, uh, where we wish we had grown and where we might not have made that, I think that you are forgiven is important to know. Maybe you have a family member that doesn't know Christ. You are forgiven is one they need to hear. Amen. And today we're talking about being blessed. And guys, um, just before the break, Alex, you you had made mention of the fact that um, we were talking, if memory serves, we were talking about how we aren't measuring up, that we're not hungering and thirsting after righteousness because we're too, and I had made the act uh, aside that it's because we're too busy pursuing our own things. Hmm. Malachi asked the question, but who can endure the day of his coming and who can stand when he appears? For he is like a refiner's fire and like fuller's soap. Yeah. We need to, we need to get to that point that we let that fire flow through us and we let that soap wash over us so that we can be ready and that we can yeah. share. Yeah, I've had a few people ask, you know, God, God is eternal, right? God is forever eternal. How can that be? Well, I don't completely understand, but one of the one of the reasons that God is eternal is because in God there is no sin. Mm. Sin brings death. Romans 6:23, the wages of sin or literally the outcome of sin is death. Now, part of the reason that God is eternal is because God is thoroughly, pervasively righteous. There's no sin in God, because if if God had any death or sin in him, he wouldn't be eternal. And so he's eternal because he's sinless, and uh, the Bible says, look at here, uh, to hunger and thirst after righteousness. Now, we might say, well, righteousness, you know, I'd I've never laid awake at night thinking, oh, I wish I were righteous. But we ought to be because um, righteousness is life. And we get that through Jesus. Romans 4 says that we are imputed with his righteousness. Now, it goes on and look at this. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy, uh, Matthew 5, 7. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. C.S. Lewis said, uh, only the pure in heart would want to. Right. You know, the Bible talks about in our sin, there's a fearfulness and a dread of judgment. Uh, people, I think, avoid God. Uh, Bert, have you ever done a funeral uh, for people? And uh, I mean, I, I just did a funeral several months ago, and uh, somebody act nervous as a cat going into a sanctuary. And this one guy, he said, yeah, he said, I'm just not comfortable in these places, <laughs> meaning a church. 
Well, if, if the idea of the presence of God makes you uncomfortable, then you need to turn to Jesus who will make you righteous. The pure in heart, God makes us righteous. It says, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. The word see there, interestingly, is the word from which we get the word ophthalmology. If you go to like an ophthalmologist, mm-hmm. you see God. But it really means to experience God. See, Jesus makes it possible for us to experience God. These are progressive in the journey. And we didn't say much about mercy, but isn't it interesting that Jesus said, blessed are the merciful, right after he said, blessed are those that thirst and hunger after righteousness. The righteousness of Christ does not make us unmerciful. It makes us more merciful. Mm. That is so true. You remember the Pharisees. He said, "You're, you're, you're whitewashed. But on the you're you're dirty and on the on the inside, you know you're 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 full of dead men's bones. You white casket. It's been whitewashed, and so the real righteousness of God in our lives as it comes in, it works for us to show the mercy of God. You know, one of the spiritual gifts is. Showing mercy. Mm-hmm. It doesn't say mercy, but showing mercy. Right. And mercy is one of those that can be shown. A lot of things we do have to be heard, but they can see mercy in our lives. So, and then it goes to the pure in heart. Righteousness leads to showing mercy, which pure in heart, I, I see, you see God. I think it gives you the eyes of God. You know, give me my Father's eyes. And I don't mean literally, but, you know, give me my Father's eyes. We view things through His lens and how desperate we are. When we can see people, circumstances, and events through the prism of the Word of God and through the Holy Spirit in us, we'll be more accurate, guy. guys. We, You know, if without it, we wonder why in the world does the news media, why do they see a city being burned down, the reporter says, and they're having a demonstration, but there's no violence? You know yeah. why? They're, this, the God of this world has blinded their eyes to truth. Now, I, I bring that up to see the comparison. Those of us that see the city burned down, we don't necessarily say, man, how horrible. They Yes, we see that, but we also should have the eyes of God to see what's in the heart of those people that needs to be changed. Give us, give us that pure heart, oh God. Yeah, and I think that goes back to something we were talking about earlier. Even the changes in the verses of songs, you know, um, Amazing Grace, How Sweet the Sound That Saved a Wretch Like Me. Our modern psychologies and psychologists have determined that we all have, we all are so soft that we can't bear anything negative. Mm-hmm. Well, there's, there's something to be said for that because we always want to escape responsibility for things we've done. But I think that unless we come to a point that we recognize that we are sinners that we recognize that we are wretches, 
then we can't, there's no way we could anticipate to be part of the blessings, you know, to be blessed. Uh, you know, uh, what's one of the popular means, too blessed to be stressed? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Well, if you are so blessed that you're not stressed, that's great. I mean, I applaud you in the Lord. I, More power to you. Exactly. <laughs> but, you know, I think sometimes it's those stresses that make us grateful and thankful and realize the blessings that we do have. Do you know where they cut a diamond? On the stresses, on the stress lines, you know? Mm-hmm. If you try to do it somewhere else, it'll kind of crack. So God uses the stresses in our lives to cut us into the jewel he wants us to be. Mm-hmm. And so those stresses do come, but they're they're for our benefit. That's that's what we're talking about. You are blessed. What's another word for being blessed? The benefits of God. You mm-hmm. remember what Psalm 103? Matter of fact, we covered Psalm 103 during Thanksgiving and during that time, we talked about the benefits of God, Alex. They list them one by one. We're blessed because of all his benefits. And one of those benefits, he knows, okay, he's looking at us as diamonds. He knows where to cut that line yeah. because he's looked at us and examined us, and he knows exactly what needs to be cut away. I know you've heard the thing about the slab of marble or stone. What? What does the artist do, the sculptor do? Right. He sculpts, he takes away everything that he's not not seeing. He sees yeah. the lion. Right. So what does he do? He cuts away everything yeah. that's not a lion. He sees Christ in us, and God is busy cutting away everything, everything that's, that's not, not holy. Healed. That's right. Yeah. And, you know, um, th- this is good stuff, Jim. You were talking about how we sanitize the words of great old hymns. Right. And we bring things up to speed to make it, you know, more in tune with our, you know, self-esteem and yeah. all that. We're telling ourselves lies. That This culture of uh, everybody gets a trophy. Right. No bad news. Um there's a scene you, you've probably seen the Titanic movie when you know the great shi- the the ship they said God Himself couldn't sink this ship. I mean, you know, the Lord on principle had to send that iceberg. <laughs> I, I mean, seriously, when they they said that here's the ship God Himself couldn't sink the Titanic. I have to believe God said, okay, I'm sorry, I, that ship's going down. God yeah. does Could, intervene, doesn't yeah. He? <laughs> but there is a scene, and I don't know the actor, but somebody has played, you know, one of the the great wealthy people. And this guy, as it's clear, the ship is going down and so many of the people with it. This guy has this absolute deer in the headlights, dumbstruck. He can't believe it. The money's not going to save him. His, you know, portfolio from Fifth Avenue is not going to save him. And let me say, folks, it's a bit, it might be a bitter pill to swallow, but admit, look, we need God. We're destitute like I said, woe, I am undone. I have seen the Lord. I'm a man of sin. May God have mercy on me. The pathway to blessedness. And one of the translations of blessed means happy. You know, happy is the man whose inheritance is heaven. The pathway to blessing is to admit that we are evil, sinful, wretched, rebellious, you know, reprobates apart from the new birth in Jesus Christ. The bad news is we are horrible, egregious, guilty sinners. The good news is an eternal holy God loves us 
and stands at the door with the mercy and the restoration of heaven. It's as close by as a prayer, but we have got to quit playing games and admit that apart from God, we stand under judgment. Yeah, and the other part of that I would take even one step further in this day and age that we live in because many people are telling you you can get to heaven you know, so many different ways. That is, that's another lie. That's another fallacy because Acts 4.12 makes it clear. There is salvation in no one else. God has given no other name under heaven by which we must be saved. Folks, if, if you try to get to heaven any other way than Jesus Christ, you're not going to make it. And we have churches that are preaching watered-down gospel that says that salvation is no longer dependent upon Jesus. And we've talked about this many times on this program. When you begin to say Jesus and will get you to heaven, Jesus and this nice guy's books, Jesus and giving your 25%, Jesus and doing this, folks, you got to leave that and off. And you've got to come to the understanding that there is only one name, not may be saved. And I've seen a couple of scriptures that translate that a little differently. And it's true. We may be saved by the name of Christ. We can be saved by the name of Christ. But this is one of those times that uh, the New Living Translation says it. King James says it. New King James says it. By which we must be saved. There's only one way. And when it comes to the bottom line, look, if you would, in the last verse that you read concerning the Beatitudes, blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' Mm -hmm. sake. The highest crown that I know of that's listed in the Bible is the martyr's crown. And you remember in the book of Revelation, they talk about all those people in the white robes they're the ones that's come out of the great tribulation who had a martyr's death. Mm. And so here it is. We've got brothers and sisters all over the world right now uh, in Asia, uh, in the Middle East, uh, in South America, Central America, that are very much suffering in Africa, that are suffering for the name of Jesus Christ. They're truly being persecuted. We here in America There's persecution that started, I would say. But what's it for? For here, it is for righteousness' sake. What is that? It's those that seek after his righteousness. It's all bound up in Jesus Christ. And that's what you were saying, Jim. Preachers that's preaching some other doctrine other than the doctrine that Paul said was the cross of Jesus Mm -hmm. Christ and his resurrection are false teachers. That's the whole thing. So we're blessed to hear truth. And the truth is there's no other name given among men whereby we must be saved. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. Yeah. Mm. We make much of Jesus, guys. We do. You know, hey, forgive me for quoting movies, uh, but, well, I, I don't have time, but listen to this. Isaiah 43, 44, and 45, three, three chapters says, I'm the Lord, besides me there is no Savior. 
I'm the Lord, besides me there is no God. Look unto me and be saved, for there is none else besides me. God says that. That, And folks, that's the truth. You want to know you are blessed? You are blessed because you've been given the information on how how to know Christ as Savior and then how to live in his word. We do that every day right here at 305 Central on Exploring the Word. For Bert Harper, Alex McFarlane, I'm Jim Stanley, and we trust that you have a great afternoon. Tell someone about the program. More importantly, tell everyone about Jesus.